0: I just want to do God's will. What you're seeking is a blessing from God. You must expect a miracle. You have the power of choice. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to Life Today Live. Randy Robinson here. We're going to have a fun conversation today. I've been looking forward to this one. I got to meet our guest back at NRB in Nashville in uh, February. And so uh, we've been looking forward to this conversation for for a couple months now. So, I uh, I like some of these superhero movies. I don't know if you've noticed, but it seems like everything is all these you know, superhero stuff. Avengers and Batman and Spider-Man, all these kinds of things. And those go way back. I mean, this is nothing new. In fact, <laughs> nothing new at all. We'll talk about some of that. What is the fascination with this superhero kind of character? Does that come from somewhere beyond just our imaginations? Do we have sort of uh, a, a human thirst for something bigger than ourselves, something stronger than ourselves, something greater, something with a sense of, of purpose. Uh, I, I think so. And if you're a Christian, you know what I'm sort of alluding to and uh, the fact that, that Christ really, if you think about it, is the ultimate superhero, if we can use those terms. And I think we can. In fact, I'm, I think we should sort of embrace that whole thing to minister to people, but I'm not here to preach, I'm here to talk to my guest who has a book called Lord of Legends Jesus' Redemption Quest. Uh, and this is a fascinating, fascinating topic. And by the way, if you got anybody in your life like I do, uh, children, son in law, who uh is a huge like literally the guy that will be at the movie theaters at midnight. You know when the movie releases on saturday he's there you know friday that midnight because technically it's saturday right um if you got anybody in your life that's interested in in that whole superhero genre this might be an interesting one for them to watch so hit share hit like hit follow hit subscribe and welcome my guest today eric eichinger to life today live eric great to have you
1: awesome randy thanks uh great to be here with you so this is probably a little unexpected for a pastor
0: um Hmm. a lutheran pastor to write this type of book uh what's your angle on this whole thing
1: well, I I always loved uh, reading comic books growing up. So I I was I didn't excel at math or the languages and, and all these different areas, but um, and and reading I, I wasn't uh, the, the fastest reader in the class too. But comic books saved me, and uh, I had an older cousin of mine that he had a massive collection, thousands and thousands. I walked into his bedroom one time, and he he had like one of those double wide uh, closets just filled to the ceiling with comic books and that just triggered something in me and so then I started reading and and I, I just learned a lot of the storytelling and it was it's much more interesting than a lot of the books that I was being assigned to read in the 1980s in school and such. And so that really intrigued me with with studying heroes. And then you start to see that in television and movies and storytelling on film gets better and better and better over the years. And then one day uh, as I became a pastor, always involved with the church growing up, started to recognize a lot of these themes and stories uh from the bible are are coming across with these savior heroes uh in in the secular realm mm-hmm. and always this idea of this this chosen one that one day will come and save the world and and just having fun exploring. Well, where, where did they get that thought from? And it seems very obvious to me as a Christian, uh, but, but, uh, not always obvious to everyone else.
0: Yeah. Well, so I would ask as, as a boy, you wouldn't recognize that, but right. as a man looking back on that boy who stood there in front of that closet full of comic books and thought, wow, and fell mm-hmm. in love with the superhero concept and the stories, um, where do you think that comes from?
1: Well, I see uh, a direct correlation to, of course, Jesus the Christ, uh, the one true God, the Son of the Father who came, who died, who rose, and who uh, ascends, and who we're waiting for to return. And so, ultimately, He delivers uh, the world uh, of our sin. And so, uh, when you see the uh, the cross, and oftentimes you see heroes with their arms even stretched out blatantly. Sometimes in Superman or 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 Spider Man movies, it's uh, it's like it's it's very obvious uh, where where these things come from, in my opinion.
0: Do you think um, do you, we, we, I kind of which came first? In other words, do you think it's since Christ that all these ideas have arisen? But because if, you know, if you look even before Christ a lot of these kind of legends existed.
1: Right, exactly. So Jesus, of course, goes back about 2,000 years. However, Jesus the Christ, uh, Christ uh, was there from the beginning. And so we have this uh, plurality of language uh, when God is referenced all the way back in in Genesis chapter one. So I find it very interesting. The word is there from the beginning, the Christ, but then Christ, uh, the word becoming flesh, is is Jesus. So, a lot of our mythology, a Greco-Roman from uh, Hesiod and Homer and the Iliad and Odyssey and all these types of things came before Jesus, the skeptic will say. However, Christ and the promise of the chosen one to come in, in Jesus was there from the beginning. Even in Genesis chapter three, here's our here's our fancy Greek word of the day, uh, the proto euangelion the first gospel, is in Genesis chapter three, where He will crush the serpent's head, and yet uh, the serpent is going to strike His heel, and so that's where we get this first idea of where the Messiah is going to come from to to save everyone because of the fall of sin in mankind.
0: You know, and I think. I mentioned this when we were in Nashville. Um, it's interesting because if you look at the uh, the constellations, you see the constellation. Mm-hmm. I forget which one it is of the serpent being crushed under the heel, mm-hmm. uh, and this goes back. If you if you predate all the Chinese and Persian and Indian and all the corrupted uh, astrology kind of stuff, where it's about yeah. mankind, you know, if mm-hmm. you go back to the Mazzaroth, which is the original Jewish uh, zodiac. Um, where it's about God and the redemption uh, yes. and the story of Christ written in the stars over right. and over every quadrant, right? Written four times right. in the sky. The people that, you know, lived back then didn't have all the light pollution that we, we have now with electricity and cities and things. They they were familiar with this concept as far back as, as we know. I mean, the Motseroth, they think, came from the sons of Noah. But like you say, right there in Genesis 3 is the story of a Savior to rescue us from sin, the, the corruption of the world, the, the evil of the world. Uh, and, and that has been seen throughout all of mythology. It just seems like mankind since the fall, which is sort of our beginning of history, has had a thirst for salvation.
1: Uh, that is exactly right. Um, we we are looking to be redeemed. And so uh, there is this um, thrust for the secular to make this a self-actualized thing that we can rise up and be the hero. And, um, you know, it, it goes right back to Eve and Adam in the Garden of Eden, where you can be like God if you, you know, eat this fruit and, and such. And so, but that's the temptation. And so I think a lot of our temptations that we have as Christians and we fall into sin is whatever temptation we give into, uh, it will improve our life. We will rise, ascend, and be better and whatever. But of course, it's a, it's a big nothing burger, right? You know, it's, it's a lie on the back end of, of that sin, and so, uh, you know, we are in more depravity afterwards. And so, that's why we, we constantly yearn for uh, a Redeemer, a Savior, to come from beyond the stars. And so, uh, and that's ultimately what Jesus does. Okay, that's. I, I, I think too. I'll, I'll go too with the the uh, the Tower of Babel. I think is what really gets interesting. So you have all of these people in the earliest of times speaking the same language, but then they're starting to fall away from God. But they know the story of the creation. They know the story of the fall. They know the promise of a savior and God and man trying to reconcile this relationship. But then the languages get scrambled and they go off and that's where a lot of these stories start to come up in mythology and secular god is kind of dismissed out of it or at least our 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 beautiful christian understanding of who god actually is and you get all of these half truths if you will that kind of uh you know b- bleed through uh the story of the gospel
0: yeah i was i was taught and and i believe it that satan cannot create he can only corrupt god is the creator exactly so when you start to talk about these the the redemption story the the superhero you know something bigger than ourselves beyond ourselves idea um, do you think that's basically the the corruption temptation is for us to become the superhero instead of allowing Christ to be the superhero that he is
1: yeah, I, definitely. I I was just uh, this past Sunday teaching on uh, David and Goliath. And so David and Goliath, that story is always told from the, you watch any sporting event and the announcers will make that terminology. If people don't have any biblical knowledge, they usually know David and Goliath. And the, the little guy, if you're smart enough, strong enough, brave enough, have faith enough as a Christian, you can defeat these giants in your life, etc. But the actual story, it's it's God working through doing this whole thing and David is saying this and even Saul, the king is recognizing this too. So but the tendency is always that we can become the, our own savior and that's that's one of the big dangers of, of the Christian faith um, as well.
0: Do you <laughs> all right I'm gonna get you, <laughs> I'm gonna get you in trouble here and, and I'm okay. okay with that uh do you think some of that idea has crept into the church
1: yeah I I think so too um with uh so you got you mentioned I was a, I was a Lutheran pastor so uh, but but sometimes I think if we talk in like the decision theology type of realm it's the if I that synergism. If I am playing any role in my salvation, if I have to decide or accept or or whatnot, um, or I might look at at baptism, say and say, um, it's like uh, off. Many Christians would say baptism would be um, my word telling God that I love Him, but with a uh, our Lutheran. Christian perspective it would be god's word telling uh him telling us that he loves us and so it's sort of like that backwards god coming down to us and he gets all of the glory and so if we perceive on any level that we are that we are taking uh, some of the some of that uh, action um it gets a little blurry and so when god has all the credit he unequivocally is the savior and redeemer if if we start to think we we have to start and he finishes or he starts and we finish it can get a little muddy
0: interesting and forgive my ignorance are Lutheran's Calvinists
1: no we are not Calvinists so okay. Lutherans, Lutheran's uh for our audience here is probably reformed Catholic is is maybe the best way to kind of phrase that in a in a hashtag
0: <laughs> yeah okay so because I I'm just curious um I mean there is is there not a requirement uh in your theological viewpoint and i don't want to i'm not going to start pick a fight or anything i'm just curious is there not a requirement for us to do something to receive the salvation that that christ offers
1: well so we we receive but but we uh we can so that's all passive righteousness uh but then uh active righteousness is as we confess that faith yes so okay um yeah 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 so for instance this sunday uh is confirmation and my daughter is confirming her faith in her baptism. So uh, she was baptized as a child, as many, many Christians are. Um, and uh, but what confirmation is, is they are confirming their faith in what God did uh, in their, in their baptism. They they gave them this gift, uh, you know, years, years ago. And so, um, so yeah, it's a, a beautiful, a beautiful public, public moment and confession of faith. So.
0: What does, what does working out your salvation look like to you?
1: Working out my salvation, uh, that is the, I would say, the role of confession and absolution. And that is. Uh, that constant wrestling with temptation and and you sin and you fail, uh, but then recognizing Christ is the Savior, He's the Redeemer, and so returning, repenting, um, and and then and receiving then that that grace uh, from Christ. So, interesting.
0: Yes. Okay. Well, thank, thanks for letting me go and go down that trail. I just find no, this cool. interesting. I'm, I'm yeah, 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 I'm, yeah. yeah, yeah I know. Right. Uh, I became a Presbyterian recently, so that's all new to me as well. <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> yeah. right. let's get let's get back to the topic here which is lord sure. of legends jesus sure. redemption quest this is the book it's available now just dropped in february uh and and the different kind of style uh let, let's hit that real quick because I, th- I think it's important for people to know stylistically this is not uh your typical christian book uh give us a little insight to the style and why you chose that
1: so a lot of people um are familiar with the hero's journey uh, but a, a lot of people would say well i'm unfamiliar with the hero's journey so what what is that and so george lucas really uh pulled this out and so uh joseph CAMPBELL is one of these uh scholars uh, uh from years ago uh and uh he, he created this, uh, this hero's journey. And then another writer, uh, a Hollywood screenwriter by the name of Chris Vogler, kind of repackaged this uh, down into about a 12 step process. And so the last 40 years, Disney has been really capitalizing it's it's the same hero's story over and over. That's why you see a movie and I feel like I've seen this before and, and the <laughs> right. story, the plot lines and such. And so um so if people are familiar with George Lucas and Star Wars, there is this call to adventure as how the sequence starts. Um, and then the refusal of the call, and then the crossing of the threshold, the meeting of the mentor, and then there's allies and, and adversaries, and then there's usually this big moment of facing the truth, uh, entering the cave, and and there's a a, a big um, adversary to fight in battle, and then the the victory and the, the seizing of the sword moment, and then this return with the elixir back to the origin of the original story, and so um, so. Uh, it, people that write uh, heroes and, and comics and all sorts of things—they are very familiar, familiar with this plotline arc. And so, what I was recognizing is this is Jesus' glory story, and so he needs to get some of the credit here. And so, that's kind of what I do. Each chapter is uh, a sequence of that hero's journey plotline, and then I'll use a fun secular example of Batman or Spider-Man or Indiana Jones—the familiar stories uh, in the subconscious of, of our, of our. Um, culture these last generations and then i'll take you into the scriptures and show this is where jesus is doing this particular sequence and nuance uh in his uh in his story arc
0: okay uh we have time so dive into one of those i'm i, I just want to get a better taste of that because that's fascinating to me
1: yeah. Okay. So um, one of my favorite ones is the crossing of the threshold, right? And so this is when a hero will begin the journey. And and they're either, so w- for Luke Skywalker, he's getting on the Millennium Falcon and they go off into the space and then the rebel of the, the battle and everything. For Lucy in the Chronicles of Narnia, it's when she goes through the wardrobe into Narnia the first time. A lot of people love Harry Potter, and so when he goes through platform nine and three quarters for the first time into the wizarding world and such. And so uh, for Christ, this is what we were talking about earlier, when the Word becomes flesh, when God Mm -hmm. the Father is sending his Son into the physical world. And so people might say, oh, Christmas, very obvious, you know, but we'll go nine months earlier, and we'll go the Annunciation of Gabriel to Mary, and Christ is conceived by the power of the holy spirit in the womb of the virgin and so here he enters into the physical world and uh and this nine month uh, uh journey so that's the threshold into into life into um becoming human and walking our walk and dying the death we should die only to rise and deliver us
0: okay so you're saying not only did christ do this but we emulate we can emulate this sort of storyline as well Right? Is that what I'm hearing?
1: Um, I I would say so. So uh, J.R.R. Tolkien, a lot of people are familiar in this particular realm. Uh, a lot of times, people will look at the cover of my book, Lord of Legends, and they will think Lord of the Rings because it kind of reminds them of that. So if you know the Hobbit or the Lord of the Rings and Frodo, Tolkien does this beautifully because he he sort of combats the idea that we can emulate or we can the danger is we can become our own hero type of a thing but tolkien does it in a way where bilbo uh or frodo depending on which book you're reading they are the the um hero in a sense, they're the protagonist, but they're bumbling and fumbling all the way through the story. They're constantly being bailed out and saved and redeemed by Gandalf, who is the Christ figure. Uh And he will even have a, a death and resurrection type of sequence as well. So um so I think I think uh, that that type of storytelling is much more satisfying for the Christian, where uh, we we are being saved. So as a, going going back to David and Goliath, not to see ourselves as David that we can defeat, but we should see ourselves as the Israelite army in the back going, who is going to rise up and save us? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and it's not David, it's God through David doing everything.
0: So. Gotcha. yeah, yeah, I, I, I think you're exactly right. so here's here's a question because um, we get it when you talk about Jesus. Uh, but some people probably don't like all your references to what they consider pop culture or to no. things that have taken Christ out of the picture uh to you know to create this this kind of hero's story um what what kind of reaction do you do you get from people across the spectrum to this this sort of so
1: so far it's been pop um generally uh popular in terms of uh trying to REACH INTO THE SECULAR REALM WITH PEOPLE THAT uh, ARE INTERESTED IN THIS SUBJECT MATTER, AND THEN SAY, HEY, YOU KNOW, THERE'S SOMETHING MORE GOING ON TO THIS STORY THAN MAYBE YOU REALIZE, AND, and AN OPPORTUNITY TO CREATE A CONVERSATION TO DRAW THEM INTO THE SACRED DISCUSSION, mm-hmm. YOU KNOW, from PULLING IN FROM THE SECULAR INTO THE SACRED mm-hmm. REALM AND HAVING THAT. SO, so TRYING TO DO trying to do that in a way, as opposed to, well, we'll stay in our camp here and we'll stay in our camp there. We are called to such a time as this. And so, and that's that's part of the joy of, of being a missionary and, and you know, trying to engage in the subject matter and not to, not to avoid it, but uh, to engage it, to speak about it articulately and to see what opportunities we can use to bring that into a conversation with Jesus with somebody.
0: Yeah. And we haven't gotten even gotten into your background in in China uh, or (laughs) the fact that you're moving from Florida to L.A., L.A. County to to work right in, in a culture that desperately needs to hear this. I do have one question for you, though. Okay, For those who would say, see, Jesus is just another one of these hero stories. I mean, it's not even original. You know. How do we know that the. That Jesus is real when all these other heroes are fictional.
1: Um, so there's a fun conversation that uh, I'll go back to Tolkien again with uh, with C.S. Lewis, and so at the time, what they they're just out of both of them were in World War One in the trenches and just uh, god awful uh, horrible war situations. But they get out of that, and now they're both Oxford dons and teaching. Uh, mythology and in, in uh, English and all sorts of things. So Tolkien is the Christian, C.S. Lewis is the staunch atheist at this point. But they're talking about um, you know C.S. Lewis loves the mythology, but he's rejecting Christ. And Lewis is trying to say like you know there it's true. And so you know and he's like no it's a myth. And so Lewis or uh, Tolkien is like it's the true myth. And and. C.S. Lewis is completely hung up on uh, the writings, the doctrines of Christianity that man wrote and added onto it. And so – but the the original language, if you will, is not um, it, it is the word made flesh. And so it's the historical life of Jesus, God sending his son, dying, and rising. And everything written from that are, uh, uh, Tolkien puts it as translations of that, of confessions and stuff. And so when, when C.S. Lewis understood that, that was really the seed of begin, be coming to faith. And so it's that interaction with Jesus. So uh, that's how I would say, um, yeah, any other story is just a story. They, I, I like to say they are splinters broken off of the cross of Christ crucified. Um, well, so, <laughs> I like that. No, that's long that, that's... for a hashtag, but but only Christ is going to be the life changing thing. And so C.S. Lewis saw that coming to faith, and that's where I think the opportunity. When people really try to interact with with Christ and and the truth of His Word, it's life changing. God's Word is alive, and so all these other stories are just dim reflections of the truth, and that's the difference.
0: Yeah, I I. I... Don't know that I've met anyone who said Star Wars changed my life. It made me a different person. Uh, Right. A lot of people are, you know, that that I loved it. I mean, I'm a Lord of the Rings fan myself, right? Um, Right. Didn't really change my life. (laughs)
1: now i but i would i would argue star wars in a way kind of did now i i grew up in the church my mother played the organ in the church so i was i was very familiar with that but then it it was it was pointed out to me as a young boy well yeah the the dark side and the light and Mm -hmm. the good versus evil thing but then even towards the end you know you have um in the in return of the jedi we're going to go super geek mode here but return of the jedi luke in the black he looks like he's wearing a clerical and he even has a little shaft or you know it's just his his throat but it's like he really looks like he's a he's a pastor in that in that <laughs> third movie it's like it's like wow so again just tiny little subtle things you know but um but as a young boy you start to think oh there's something more going on here in the undercurrent not that george lucas or many writers did that intentionally but i think there's something there in the subconscious that like you said earlier we're yearning for redemption and so we can't help but think about it fantasize about it write about Mm -hmm. it and and there it is because that's true drama that's what we want to see People being saved because we, at the end of the day, know we're stuck in this in this uh, situation of sin. And how do we get out of it? Only one way: yeah. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And these beautiful
0: stories can certainly point us in the right direction. But there's only one there's only one story a story of Christ that actually has the power to save. Uh, mm-hmm. so all right, uh, question from the audience: um, Which which of these books, uh, whatever book or books of these hero stories? Uh, is your favorite?
1: Oh man! <laughs>
0: so twenty minutes or less.
1: <laughs> you know, I, I, I think uh, the the Narnia stories have three levels to them. A lot of people don't realize that, but when you look at the seven Narnia books of C.S. Lewis, and it's fun because he he started out as an atheist and then he turned into one of the the strongest christian apologetics of uh, of our of our last generation. and so sort of a, a saul to paul type of a type of a um, story there. but then there's three levels to the cs lewis chronicles of narnia. the the first layer reading is the characters aslan and the children and the animals and stuff. but then the second layer is is you have um Aslan is really Jesus, and then all these other characters are sort of allegorical of different Christians or non-Christians at different points in their life, When how they interact with the Jesus character. And then the third tertiary level underneath is there's WE WERE TALKING ABOUT THE PLANETS EARLIER. Uh, THE MEDIEVAL UNDERSTANDING OF ASTRONOMY, THERE WERE SEVEN ORIGINAL PLANETS AND THERE ARE SEVEN BOOKS AND THE SEVEN PLANETS HAVE A TYPE OF PERSONALITY TO mm-hmm. THEM mm-hmm. AND uh, THE CS LEWIS BOOKS HAVE SEVEN DIFFERENT PLANETARY PERSONALITIES TO THEM. SO IT'S JUST oh, wow. THE LEVEL OF WRITING WITH THAT IS SO COOL. AND I uh, LAST THOUGHT ON THAT, uh, to get it under the 20 minutes. <laughs> no, I, I had a friend in college, uh, Michigan State Theater Department, and she she was so mad when she realized that uh, the Chronicles of Narnia were written by a Christian. So, <laughs> and, and I'm like, why are you mad? You know, I feel like I was lied to, but it's like, but that's the beauty of y- you know how that story can reach someone that doesn't. It's not explicitly Christian, and yet it is. So, and that's that beautiful storytelling um, th- you know thing
0: uh, yeah and I think that's why it's effective and I think that's why it's good uh, yeah. and that's why I think the Pharisees in modern society that don't like this sort of thing in your approach can just be ignored so. mm-hmm. <laughs> all right so if Eric I is is stuck on a, on a deserted island and he can't have the Bible and he can't have his own book Lord of the Legends available now uh, he chooses the the Narnia series there's there's your yeah, answer I, to it go he that's that's goes to Narnia okay all right this is this is fun I love this I, I love I love the 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 funness of it. Is if that's yeah. a word uh yeah. and, and and yet the depth of it and the significance of it uh I'll leave you with the last word I do want to point out uh eric eichinger, Com. that's how you spell eric eichinger for all of those who whom German is not your native language get the e's and the i's in the right order and you'll find his website uh, right. and he, there's more, we're going to have another conversation later this year about a book he's got coming out very soon. But, uh, if you want to check out Lord of Legends, you go there, you can get it wherever you get books. Uh, and if you're on Facebook, uh, Benita has been graciously sticking, uh, links to buy the book in there cause that's her job. Uh, but Eric, I want to give you, uh, the last word before I let you go. Final thought on Lord of Legends.
1: Well, I, I think the whole, uh, True, true myth idea. We we see that in other places too. So uh, you have one of the early uh, Greek um, historians, Cetius, uh, and so he. Where is the unicorn real? Is what I'm getting at. And so, of course, it's a mythology character. We don't see uh, unicorns, but he travels to India and he sees a rhinoceros for the first time. And so he describes the rhinoceros as this whitish purple horse-like figure with a horn coming out of its head. And so when people that maybe don't read but are hearing about this later on, that's where the whole idea of the unicorn comes from and such. And so um, you can do that with... um, uh the uh the kraken monster the sea Hmm. monster type too where a giant squid maybe you know it's the original big fish story (laughs) you know and so um so too with christ it's truth and then uh the promise and then it gets it gets splintered at at the tower of babel but we see it bubbling up in all of our culture stories either intentional or unintentional but the the end of the story is uh the world needs jesus and he is there to be found
0: i love it and that's what we want that's our ultimate goal here on life today live and i know eric's in his ministry uh coast to coast find <laughs> find christ i mean in in really it, you, the beauty is that uh, as we sort of discussed in the deep theological section of this is that he's done the work he's yeah. done the work you know so it's you don't have to become the superhero the superhero is available uh, to you today. So that that's our hope and prayer. Eric, thanks again, man. I appreciate it. It's such a fun conversation.
1: Randy, a pleasure. Thank you so much.
0: All right. Appreciate all you guys out there. Hit share, hit like, hit follow, hit subscribe, and check out Ericinger.com. Looks so like this. World. And we'll see you again next time here on Life Today Live. All right. <laughs> in spite of our rebellion, in spite of our sins, in spite of our failures. We love you. I love you.